0: Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. The Bible is our authority and every message delivered proclaims the truth in a way that is relevant and practical for daily life. At Vail Christian, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. observing a little bit during the worship time, I think you need, I have something that you need, okay? And so, um, maybe you know, you don't have to play golf to know this, but there's an LPGA professional uh, golfer, her name is Arya Jutonoran, Jutonoran, I don't know, she's Thai, and her name is hard to pronounce, and it does not sound like it's spelled, But she's pretty famous. Um, She's kind of a cool young woman. And so I I was watching this little interview with her. And uh, it was actually with her coach. And he was talking about this thing that captured everybody that she was doing. So, um, you know, golfers have routines. They, They come up to the ball, they go through all these little antics and routines and stuff. In particular, when they putt, right? They go through all this stuff in order to putt. They have a a routine and everything. And so her routine is unusual. And I think you need, some of you in particular, you need her routine because I was watching you today. Okay? (laughs) So here's what she does. She comes up. She lines herself up. She addresses the ball. She, you know, the contours of the green and everything to put it correctly, and then she stands right here, she looks at the hole, she looks at the ball, and just before she does everything, she looks one more time at the hole, and then she goes, and she just smiles, she just a big smile, and then she reaches down, she goes, and hits it, right, and it's pretty awesome, I really feel like some of you need to do that. Before the worship stuff, I just feel like you need to address it. You can go through your routine. You can, am I going to go one-handing it today? Am I going to go like this? Am I going to go this? Or or just, you know, I don't know what your routine is that you go through, how it's going to go. Or maybe you're just like, this is the way I'm going to do it. Um, I don't know. Everybody's a little different about it. We're pretty much a one-handed church. We're about like this. Not all the way. We're about right here. Okay. But what I would like to see you do is address, you know, <clears throat> just address the, the worship time just for a moment. And just before, you know, whoever, I mean, these are such great-looking young people up here and everything uh, leading you. I think you just need to go and just smile, okay? You know, Can you practice it? Practice it with me just kind of put your head down a little bit look just a little bit i'll pretend like i'm putting all right because that's this way i do I, I i line it up all right and i kind of shuffle my feet a little bit I look at the hole and then one last worship song and then okay i think you could do it i think it would change worship for all of you Some of you just need to, like, smile. Jesus does love us, all right? And we're singing about Jesus for crying out loud. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're doing, but it is not pleasant. (coughs) If you guys are on, there's a live stream right now. My mom is watching on live stream, and she's she's probably going, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Right? Sometimes I don't care. (laughs) You just got to know. Okay. So now that we're doing that, take your Bible out and turn to John chapter 6. That's where we are today. Last week, it was so great. We were right in the middle of this miracle that Jesus um, did. He performed. It was unbelievable, feeding 5,000 people, and we talked about bread and how Jesus is bread. And I was even thinking through this further. I tried, actually, this week to locate some barley bread. no. It doesn't, I don't know, it's not around. People don't bake bread out of barley wheat very often, and you can't certainly buy it at the Safeway. That's the only store I went to, all right? So, um, so uh, maybe it's other places, but that's the way it goes. I, just, I gave up, all right? But I have had it before. It's just hard to come by, and it's chewy, it's chewy, it's heavy, it's great. So bread, we talked about bread. And by the way, I got lots of recipes from people for some reason. They're like, hey, I got this great recipe for bread I thought you'd like to have. <laughs> I got a file, so it's great. You can send me your recipes. I got stories. They were great stories about bread, toast in particular, and what to put on it. Did you know, I know all kinds of things now. There's a difference between jam and jelly. Okay, people clarified that. Multiple people clarified that for me. Also, preserves. That's a wild card in there. Preserves. Is it jam? Evidently not. Okay. so And then there's a whole crowd that's like, forget all that. Just put honey on it. Okay. So, all right. I, I did not expect any of that. So thank you so much. All right, and if you're gonna send me your routine that you go through for golf, then I it. I don't know. You probably have better things to do, don't you? Okay. So anyway, all right. John chapter six. Before I get too far uh, down the hole here, okay. Now, what I oh, Well, let's just read it, okay, and then I'll get into it because I could do it a couple of different ways, but I feel like I should just read it now. Um, Starting in verse 16, right, he's done the miracle with the bread. Now check this out, right? And and just before I do, I, I will say this. You know, I did say last week, and I'm correct about it, that the first 16 verses are about this miracle of Jesus turning are creating bread and fish, you know, out of nothing. Like Andrew finds a little bit of bread and fish, and then Jesus whips up enough for 5,000 minimum people, all right? And so that is true. And then John spends the rest of the verses, I mean, it's a lot of verses about explaining about the bread and that he's a bread. So much so that people are like, I've had enough of this, and they take off. Like, lots of his disciples leave because they're like, um, you're talking about bread, and you're too serious All right, about bread, evidently. And so they walk away from him. So that is true. Then all of a sudden, now here we are. This is a different miracle. I'll tell you why, okay? So uh, starting in verse 16. Here we go. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake. Now, before, John's like, this is the Sea of Tiberius, the Sea of Galilee, you know. Now he's calling it the lake. Okay, it's big. It's like eight miles long, and it's huge. So lake, sea, whatever. They get into the boat, and they started to cross the lake to Capernaum. Then in parentheses, John says, it had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Okay, so he wants you to know that Jesus is not out there in the boat with them doing this. All right? Verse 18, by now... A strong wind was blowing and the sea was getting rough. Then when they had rowed about three or four miles, see, it's a big lake, right? That's a long ways to row. They caught sight of Jesus walking on the lake, approaching the boat, and they were frightened. And don't tell me you wouldn't be if you saw somebody walking on, you'd be, what is happening here? All right, verse 20. But he says to them, it is I. I mean, pretty much, I think if it was like, in real time, he'd say, hey, guys, it's me. Okay, but anyway, it is I. That's the way it's translated. Do not be afraid. You know, it's me. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Then, verse 21, they wanted to take him into the boat. That's kind of key. And immediately the boat came to the land where they had been heading. So they reached their destination. Verse 22. The next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the lake realized that only one small boat had been there and that Jesus had not boarded it with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Verse 23, other boats from Tiberias came to the shore near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats, and they came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus replied, all right, now he's going to bring some truth, right? I tell you the solemn truth. You're looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate all the loaves of bread you wanted. Oh man, so it's kind of like what? So he's like, "Yeah, you're you you are think I'm just the smorgasbord or whatever you call that, the bread buffet." Um, okay, now, so before it was hunger; it was all about hunger in the miracle of the bread and the fish, right? If hunger is going to kill you in the wilderness, then you could be saved by someone who can give you bread. This story is actually not about water, and even though we're talking about the lake, the sea, the boat, that whole thing, it's really not about water. You know what it's about. It's actually about wind. Have you noticed um, all the devastation in Florida this last week or so, and um, you've seen all that from the hurricane, and, you know, if, if it was just rain, I mean, there might be some flooding but there actually probably wouldn't be as much as you might think. But the the devastation isn't from the rain. But you add all that wind in there, it whips up the way the waves, right? All the surge of the uh, on the coastline, and then it floods everything that's close to it, plus rain. But the wind is what made all the devastation, right? It's it's about the wind. My my son is uh, somewhere doing some cold weather training um he's inserted with the marines right now i don't know where exactly they are but they're doing cold weather training and um we talked a little bit before he left it was he was gonna be gone for a couple of weeks and um i you know i mean he's talking about warm weather training in the jungle and the water and all this stuff and the worst thing about that is bugs and snakes and stuff and the heat and and the rain but I, so I said, what do you think is the worst, stuff, worst thing about the cold weather training? He's, he's all, oh, by far, it's the wind. You know, it can be cold, but you add a lot of wind to it, and then it's just crazy, right? The wind makes it just really bad. So he goes, yeah, <laughs> setting up tents, doing whatever, you know, trying to just, they're, they're out without any tents, you know, overnight for m- multiple days and all that. And it's about the wind that drives everybody nuts and makes you freeze, right? So that's what this is about. This story is about the wind, not the water. Um, it's the wind that wants to swamp them. So if wind's about to kill you on the sea, you could be saved by someone who can walk on water. So, but, but Jesus didn't come just to rescue us from suffering, right, in this world. He, he came to rescue us from the wrath of God. That's what he came to do. And it's important to kind of set that stage before we get going too far down the road here, because this is about eternal life, not easy life. That's what John is trying to show us. That's what Jesus is trying to teach. This is about eternal life, not easy life. And he's walking on the water to explain bread. Now I said, Look, this whole thing is laid out here in this chapter and it's about bread and then Jesus explaining bread and then enter this miracle about walking on the water. One of the unique things about this miracle of Jesus walking on the water and the disciples being rescued from the wind actually and landing safe at their destination is that nothing is really said about this miracle in the rest of this gospel, nothing. John doesn't refer to it anymore, it's over after this. We're in the middle of chapter 6, and the entire chapter is devoted to the implications of the miracle of feeding 5,000 people, you know, from a few loaves of bread and fish. So that miracle gets the whole chapter of attention and explanation. This miracle gets nothing. It's amazing. Why does this miracle get nothing? John is not telling this miracle as a way of setting the stage for a long dialogue about Jesus' ability, right, to walk on water and calm the wind down. Instead, this miracle is embedded into the story of the feeding of the 5,000, and and I would say not every theologian, scholar, commentator, whoever, maybe thinks like this, but I think they should, all right? This miracle is embedded in the story of feeding the 5,000, all right, the way John sees it. This miracle serves that story. John's telling us about this incident of Jesus walking on the water to explain something in the story about the bread and the fish, actually. That's what he's doing. It's further, it's, it's helping him explain about the bread and the fish. Now, what do you mean? Well, it's, this is about the disciples, and, and this is about us. actually, whenever you look at these guys, uh, Jesus' guys, he's got 12 guys, right um, they, they, they're, they're just like us. I mean, they, they're pretty loyal, well, it seems like, and yet they're not, right? They seem to get it and connect the dots, and then Jesus is like, "What is wrong with you? You don't get it." They seem to be reliable, and all of a sudden they're unreliable. They seem to be consistent, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Where are you?" They, they, I, I don't know. Some, it's he's uh, Jesus never necessarily gets tolerated. I mean, he or or he's not intolerant of them. He is. I think that he, um, I think he scolds them once in a while. He talks straight. He's constantly saying, I'm telling you the truth here. Or Listen, let me give you some truth. Um, They are just like us. Okay, they're just like us. So I think you need to look at these guys as you, all right? Just for a minute, the disciples and us. And here's a clue what I might mean by that, right? So far as we know, right, the people that Jesus walked away from back in verse 15, you remember he walks away from people so, um, and, and some who he, he's going to now spend the rest of this chapter talking to, right, they never hear about this miracle. They never hear about this miracle of walking on the water. The people that walked away and the people that he's focused on, you know, talking about bread with, right, they don't hear this miracle. Jesus doesn't actually talk about it. The disciples don't talk about it. So who is this miracle for? It's for the disciples. It's for us. It's for you and I, his guys. Jesus is showing something to his guys, to the disciples, that, he, that explains more of or or fine-tunes a point of feeding of the, of the feeding of the 5,000. That's what this is about. One of the minor points that we said, or I said nothing about last time we read through it, was that when the 5,000 had eaten all they wanted and they were satisfied, Jesus says to his, his guys, to his disciples in verse 12, look what he says. He says, gather up the broken pieces that are left over so that nothing is wasted. Okay, then verse 13 says something that has more meaning than just mathematics. It's not just math here. Verse 15 says So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with broken pieces from the five barley loaves left over by the people who had eaten. Why 12? Why 12? It's not rocket science. Why 12? It can't just be a coincidence that there's 12 baskets left over with all this food in it, Jesus or this bread, right? Jesus calls his disciples what? In verse 67 and verse 70, he calls them the 12, okay? So I believe what Jesus means here is when you serve me, and here, I'm just gonna cut right to it. This is what I think this is about right here. Jesus is saying to his guys, like he's saying to us, When you serve me and you give and you give until you can't give anymore, I will take care of you. I will always be enough for you. If you pour out your life to give bread to the world because I gave it to you as a mission and your mandate, I will be your bread. The more you satisfy others, the more I will be your satisfaction. The more you give life to others, the more I will be life to you. I think that's what those 12 baskets are all about. Now, there is this miracle of his presence, and I want to get to it. Look at verse 17, because that's what I think Jesus is underlining, so to speak, or explaining when he comes to them walking on the water. Now watch this. Verse 17, it says, it was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. So here's a picture of his guys that are like you and I, In the dark, in a storm, without Jesus, right after the miracle, whose point was, when you go down to verse 50, here's the point, here's the point, this is the bread that has come down from heaven so that a person may eat from it and not die. But now their life's in danger, not by hunger, but by wind, okay? Verse 18, by now a strong wind was blowing and the sea was getting rough, okay? Okay? So this time, he doesn't give them 12 baskets of miracle bread. What does he do for his guys? He gives them the miracle of his presence when they thought there's no way he could be here. And they're on the boat. They're like three or four miles out there rowing. I mean, there's no way they're going, oh, Jesus will be right here. They're not thinking like that. But Jesus is the bread. Jesus is the bread. And the reason I think the focus is on Jesus' presence here, his personal presence with his guys, is that John makes no comment about stilling the storm. He doesn't say anything about that. It's not the point. What does he say, though? What does he say? Look at verse 19 through 21. It says, Then... When they had rowed about three or four miles, they caught sight of Jesus walking on the lake, approaching the boat. And they were frightened, but he says to them, it's I, it's me, guys. Don't be afraid. Now, what John says, though, is not, hey, pay attention. You know, John the writer, he's, he's, he's not going, pay attention here. Jesus has authority over the wind and the waves. What a great providing king he's going to be. He doesn't say that. That's true. He would and he is. But John says, what he says is, Jesus himself came to them. He identified himself. It is I. It's me, guys. And they were glad about that. And they wanted to take him into the boat. They wanted to get in there with him. Right, And with that, the story, within the story, it's just immediately over. They're at their destination. Did you catch that? Now, the point has been made. It's been made twice by John. It's been or pointed out twice by John. And Jesus does this two times. I did a miracle for you on the land, and I gave each of you a basket of bread, you guys. I showed you that I would be your personal bread, each one of you. If you have overwhelming, or, or I, 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 if you have overwhelming ministry and things in front of you because your life and your mission and, um, and uh, the church, it's all intertwined and all connected. You have a mission and a mandate as a Christ follower. The church is Christ followers. If your life and your mission are overwhelming you if it's in front of you and you're and you're like wow I got to feed 5000 people and you feel totally inadequate not only will I give you resources to feed them I'll be there for you when it's all over I will not just give you bread I will be your bread okay Now this is where it comes though down to I think that's why this miracle of walking on the water I'm calling it bread in the boat. It's bread in the boat. Now I've done another miracle for you, Jesus saying. I've shown you that in the dark, in the storm, I'm not going to let anything separate you from me. You, see, you catch that? I'll walk on water to be with you. And when you take me into your boat, we're going to arrive at our destination. We're going to get there. I, I, I can't get anything out of that. So whether the story is about being rescued from hunger by making bread, and Jesus can do that, or being rescued from wind by walking on water, the point is this. I don't just give bread. I am bread. I don't just make the wind stop. I get into the boat with you. I think that's the whole thing. Now, I'm going to keep going on that to be continued. Let me just pin that right there for a minute because next week I'm going to unpack it even further. It gets even better. Believe it or not. So, before you get all antsy though, after what I say next, right? I think there's an application here and it's I don't think it's a stretch at all. I don't. <clears throat> I think this is about money and ministry for you and I here it comes well listen to this just for a minute <clears throat> don't move don't get up don't leave don't whatever you can hold it <laughs> to meet our church's needs our, and um our budget and our mission expenses the church needs to receive 1.6 million dollars this year okay that's our fiscal year for the church and our mission budget right It's not a giant budget, but it's $1.6 million roughly right around there. Okay. You've given really well so far, and when I say that, what that means is we're on track to see our needs met by the end of the year. We're on track. It's doing really good. Okay. Listen to this, though. Last year, you gave better than any year in our short history as a church. Last year, you did. Last year was amazing. And we just didn't collect more money because there were more of us. We actually, per person, gave more money. Your giving this year is almost 3% ahead of last year. That's awesome. Almost 3%. But our budgeted expenses are about 5% ahead of last year. So now watch this. So, you know, like Mark and I and our elders, and, you know, I gather up a whole bunch of people and we um, create a budget, all right? And a budget is just a piece of paper. It's not real money, but it's based on the past and just a little bit of speculation and just wisdom from I know you, okay? Or we know you and how kind of it works, right? And then we project a budget. Here's what we think people are gonna give, and we um, we try to be balanced and reasonable about it in our thinking and be aggressive and trust the Lord in all those ways. So <clears throat> what has happened so far is, based on really good giving, we have a larger expectation for this year than last year and a greater need, okay? <clears throat> last year, you gave really well in October, th- November, and December, this year, the need is greater in those two months, and I'm deeply grateful and deeply thankful for your sacrificial giving. but this year is <clears throat> the need is greater it just is and we knew that, and um, it's not just specu- speculation and what we't what we do know is that every need will be supp- um supplied there will be a, uh, God will supply for every need, even though I said every need supplied, okay? What Jesus says, now now let me connect the dots here because it's not a stretch in any way. What Jesus says and what he does in this text, I believe with all my heart, relates to the church budget and for your personal budget. It does. The church has needs for its life and ministry. It does. The church is us. We do all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to list it all. We, it's, it's crazy how much stuff we engage in. And you have needs for your life and your ministry and your family and your stuff, right? So the way God provides the needs of the church is through your giving and your gifts, or we don't exist. And the way he provides for your needs is through your work, which is why next week's message is going to be really important. What does Jesus mean when he says, do not work for the food that disappears? All right. That's what we're going to get into next week. All right. So what are you talking about, Pastor Ben? What Jesus shows us today in these two miracles, the feeding of the 5,000 and the walking on water is this. In the ministry, for the sake of Jesus, ministry that's focused on Jesus and what he's all about. There will be no need or storm in the service when you're serving Jesus where everything will not be supplied, above all the need for Jesus himself, okay? Say it more plain. Every need will be met when we truly are serving Jesus, no matter the storm or the need. I believe that. That's what this story is teaching us, okay? No matter what. That's truth, okay? So, we can engage in generosity and risk-taking. We can do that. As you pour yourself out in ministry at home, and you all have ministry at home if you're a follower of Jesus. You have ministry in the workplace and ministry at church. And yes, I'm calling it all ministry. It all is. Your life in Christ is not compartmentalized. It's all one thing. In all of that, there's going to be a basket left over for you. There is. Twelve apostles, twelve baskets full. You give, he supplies, and as you are overtaken by storms in his service, he comes to you and he gets in the boat with you and he sees to it that you get to your destination. This isn't a stretch at all because of these promises to give us What we need, especially himself, we can be very generous and we can take risks throughout the storms. Say it plainer, Pastor Ben. We can be generous in risk-taking as a church and generous in risk-taking as givers to the church. I believe that with all my heart. Every time the Apostle Paul you know, the guy who writes 60% of the New Testament. Every time he tries to motivate Christ followers to give money, he does it all the time, by the way. He did it with this very same promise. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, this is what he says. He says, and God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. God's promised provision is the motive for our giving to every good work. And he does it with the Philippian church too in Philippians four nineteen, He thanks them for their gift through Epaphroditus. And then he says in chapter four, verse 19, he says, <clears throat> and my God will supply your every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You know, our bread, right? In other words, in all your giving, God will see to it that you have a basket left over, especially a basket full of himself. (laughs) That's why I can say Jesus gets in the boat. I'm asking unapologetic, and I'm appealing to you as your pastor, on behalf of Christ, by the way, this, two things. Give of yourself and your money and risk storms in the remainder of 2022. And do it in a way that magnifies Jesus as the one who creates bread and walks on water. But there's a second piece to that. Even more, live in this generous, risk-taking way because he is your satisfying bread and he gets in the boat with you. I can't think of a more compelling application of these two miraculous things. There's really one miracle. I can't can't think of a better way to compel people to give, to teach people to give, to motivate people to give, to train people to give. Jesus does amazing things with his guys, doesn't he? This is about his guys more than it is about 5,000 people. You see how it's, it's about you and I here? He's like, look, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do some crazy things. You know, we're going to, uh, I'm just looking at all the things we're going to ask you to do the rest of this year. Uh, it's a lot. I want you to come to the 5K race on the 30th of October. And I want you to participate in that because we support, it supports Hands of Hope Uh, a local ministry that is doing really great work to come alongside people who are struggling and in trouble and need some help and need options. Hands of Hope, we've given strongly to them, and and so we're just going to walk or run or push a baby cart or whatever you got to do. We're just going to participate in it, and we're going to do it right here at the church, and we're inviting all kinds of people to do it. So just by signing up and participating, you're going to help us raise a bunch of money for them. So we're going to ask you to do that. I'm, I'm going to ask you to, um, we're, just like every year, we're going to buy more turkeys than ever for people at Thanksgiving. And we're focusing that ministry through Baptist Children's Foundation. We're going to ask you to, to meet some needs um, with Christmas gifts this year. And that's very significant. It always is. Right? We're going to ask you to give towards um, some other mission stuff with um, our missionaries that are focused in Ukraine and that are helping refugees and, and all kinds of craziness. We're going to ask you to do that. We're going to ask you to do all kinds of things, and I'm going to ask you to sign up for this dessert with a pastor thing. I promise you it'll be great dessert. It'll be so sweet. It'll make your teeth hurt. Okay? It'll be great dessert, and I'm going to cast some vision about our future. And the things that I believe God wants us to take some risks in doing, but I'm also highly motivated and believe with all my heart to tell you, to teach you that Jesus is in the boat with us. He's in the boat with us. So sign up for the dessert with the pastor. If you've got kids, you know, it's like Thursday night. It's school night. I get it. Sign up for Friday night. If you don't have kids, sign up on Thursday night. Or if your kids are older, you know, and they can stay home and eat pizza and do their homework, and then you can come home and go, "What were you doing?" <laughs> All right? I can't leave you for an hour and a half. Come on, you can do that, and then and um, teach and train your kids at the same time. You can do that. We we provide some childcare and things like that. Sign up for dessert with a pastor. Um, I promise it'll be good. Okay. God is, I think, um, asking a lot of us, but he doesn't just do it and then say, hey, I got nothing for you. He provides those baskets. I think it's amazing what he does for his guys. And then he gets in the boat with them personally. And he says, we're going to reach our destination. Thank you, Lord, um, for how your son Jesus gets in the boat with us and that he is truly our satisfying bread. I know that you um, have a mission laid out for us, and it's about eternal life. It's not about easy life. So help us to keep that in mind as we are focused on the things that you are called us to do and be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you for listening to the Veil Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information, or would like to view the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.valechristian.com and follow us on social media.